was just a couple of years ago that we had those uh, April storms, uh, late April storms that dumped a ton of snow on us. And uh, it was after an earlier warm-up, very much like we're having now. Uh, I remember very, very well. I was the principal for uh, St. Bart's uh, CCD program back then. And, yeah, it was hairy that day, but, or those couple of days. And they were both Wednesday storms, too, and they hit during the day. And, of course, our CCD was Wednesday night, so it made getting up to uh, Trempolo very difficult. But, hey, you know, I wanted to start off, you know, talking about the uh, main topic of the show. But with this weird weather that's coming in, I did want to uh, make mention some of the worst snowstorms I've ever seen were springtime storms. Uh, because they're always loaded with moisture, and you get them right at, you know, you're really close to the freezing mark. You're not getting down to where it gets uh, really cold, where the snow, uh, uh, the humidity in the air diminishes, and so does the amount of snow. Uh, it's always a lot of humidity and a ton of snow. Uh, a lot of times you get the thunder snow in the springtime, which is really neat. But, uh... What can be really bad, and they're not calling for this yet, and I, gosh, I hope they don't, is an ice storm. Uh, we had one of those one year. Uh, this one happened, I believe it was April, too, uh, back east, and it, it was just horrible. We had about, oh, five, six inches of snow out of this one storm, and then it switched over to rain, but the temperature dropped. Uh, and so it was, you know, coming down rain, but at the surface, uh, it was well below freezing and everything froze up and the, was already, the trees were already uh, laden with sap and I mean, heck, some trees even started to leaf out already at that point. And there was just inches of ice on everything and not much weight, I mean, there was an entire forest on the way up uh, to my cabin uh, off the uh, Taconic Highway. It, the, this entire forest had the tops of the trees sheared off uh, just due to the weight of ice. And it was an amazing thing to see. And for a day or two, people just stayed home. There was no way you can get out. Uh, you know, God help you if you ran out of smokes or needed to get to the hospital or something like that because you didn't go. It was just solid ice on the roads. And uh, New York actually even called a state of emergency on that one. But, hey, it happens. And, uh, yeah, we had one snowstorm. Uh, this is back probably in the 60s. Uh, it was an Easter snowstorm, and that one dumped four to five feet of snow. And that's a different type of a storm. Usually we don't get those out here. Uh, that was a nor'easter coming up the coast, and that sucks in all the moisture from the ocean. But as, and if that turns into snow that time of year, you're in trouble. But uh, we get storms out here that dump, you know, five to seven inches of rain come springtime. If the temperatures are a bit colder, you know, just times that by ten, and that could be, you know, the amount of snow. Thank God it doesn't happen out here uh, because it gets to be a real mess. But, oh, well, that's next week. This week, what a beautiful week, eh? 
Uh, nice warm temps. I actually sat outside writing in the uh, show, uh, you know, getting all my notes together and everything. And, uh, yeah, I was sitting outside yesterday morning with a cup of coffee, just enjoying the heck out of the weather. Had bluebirds landing on the feeder, uh, rabbits running around the yard. Just a wonderful day. And I went out after, you know, I was uh, getting my notes and everything for the show, and I was trying to stick some uh, more shepherd's hooks in the ground. And I was really shocked at how dry and hard the ground was already. And then I realized we really haven't had that much rain in this area. Some uh, places got some uh, last week, but uh, in Alaska we didn't get much at all. And the ground is dry and hard already. But we need some April showers to bring on those May flowers. But unfortunately, that's not the only thing that the warmer temps and rain and, I guess in this case, snow, uh, will usher in. This time of the year, I get asked at least once a day in emails, if not more often, what's the best way to get rid of moles? Because they're getting active right now. And my go-to answer is go after their food source. And their favorite food source, unfortunately, is only out a couple times a year. And that's the grubs. And actually, this is an insect that is capable of doing much more damage than the moles could ever think of doing to your lawn. Now, in the past, it was not that common out here in uh, western Wisconsin for grubs to become that big of an issue in the area's lawns. But... uh, when I first moved out here uh, in 99, I, Japanese beetles were unheard of. Uh, I remember when I saw the first one, you know, they started showing up, and people were like, what are these things? And now they're getting to be just as big of an issue out here as uh, they were back east. Uh, and some years are worse than others, and we'll get to that later. But, you know, back on the East Coast, I grew up with these little white pain in the butts. And uh, the first thing exactly, what is a grub? And they're at the larval stage of many different types of beetles. Uh, Grub is just the baby, a baby beetle. Uh, Now, there's three uh, species out here that do an awful lot of damage. And uh, those three, in no particular order, would be the European or rose chafer. Those are those really light green ones that you see. Uh, They usually come out and they hit up the roses uh, really bad. Uh, The second one is the June beetle, which are the bigger ones. And those beetles don't do all that much damage because they don't hit in any great population. But the grubs do uh, do take a toll on uh, you know your uh, plants and such, and your turf. And last but not least is the main culprit of it all, the Japanese beetle. And the Japanese beetle is uh, easily distinguished. They're like yeah, metallic, bronzy, reddish color. I guess I'm colorblind, so sometimes my colors might be off. But I've heard other people describe it in that fashion too. They usually have a black line right at the uh, tip of their wings, which surrounds their uh, upper body casing, and sometimes it has some white dots on it, uh, right at that on that black line. 
and they fly around. They don't bite humans or anything like that. They're not, you know, anything that you need to be worried about. Though they can be bothersome. I know a lot of, uh, I've seen a lot of women freak out because they get land in your hair and they've got these legs with, uh, um, I don't want to say barbs because you don't really get hurt by them. But, you know, a bunch of little things that allow them to grab a hold of and grab a hold of very well onto whatever they're landing on. And if that includes hair, well, they get tangled up right in it very easily. And uh, uh, they can be a serious, serious pain in the butt. And But the best way of going after the Japanese beetle is going after the grubs. They're uh, baby stage. Now, they cut, grubs come in a few different sizes, you know, depending on uh, the species. But most of them are usually about an inch long when you straighten them out. And they basically look like something that you would expect to see attacking a prom queen in one of those old 1950 uh, B-rated horror movies. Uh, they're pretty hideous-looking, tiny little critters. Uh, they are usually whitish in color, and they have oversized heads for their body and a weird bulbous butt on them. Uh, and most of the time when you see them, they're going to be laying underneath the sod curled up in a C-shape because you've disturbed them. In order for you to see them, you you would have had to disturb them. And... Uh, either by picking up the sod or, you know, sticking a shovel in the ground, pulling up some soil. Uh, most of the time they stay outstretched like a regular uh, worm or a caterpillar, but they curl up in that C-shape uh, in order to protect themselves. Now, like I said, the grubs are a stage of the beetle's life. The beetles fly around during the summer, and everybody is, you know, familiar with them at that point because they're eating our plants and shrubs, and they're mating, and at about mid to late summer, they land in a nice, grassy, sunny area uh, to do the wild thing. And then the females will burrow down about a foot into the soil and lay their eggs. And after this, the uh, beetles will slowly begin to die off. I believe the females die off in the ground and the males die off later on. Those are uh, ones that you see uh, out and about uh, later in the summer. Now, in the early fall, the eggs will hatch, and the little baby grubs will crawl up through the soil and stop right below the surface of the lawn. And that's where they begin to eat. And what they like to eat are the nice, soft roots of plants. Now, most larger plants, you know, shrubs, trees, even annuals and perennials can take a lot of abuse by uh, grubs because their roots are just too tough for them to uh, chew through. However, turf grasses do not enjoy this level of protection whatsoever uh, to their roots, and their roots are basically nummy treats for the grubs. And uh, we'll talk about getting rid of them in just a minute. We've got a caller coming in, uh, so we're going to jump back over to the phone lines, but we've got two open ones, too. And you can shoot me a text as well. The number down here at Wisdom is 608-785-7914. Good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? Yes, good morning. Say, this is uh, Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Uh, I have a question. You probably answered it already, but is this a good time for putting down crabgrass killer before didn't the rain and everything? Or Didn't answer it yet. 
and this uh, question has a two-part answer. Yes, it's great to put it down before the rain, but it's early. Uh, crabgrass is not going to start growing until ground temps get up to 65 degrees, and we've got a long way to go before that. So uh, generally about mid-May is the best time to put it down. Uh, there, I use uh, the holidays as a rule of thumb for homeowners. Memorial Day, the 4th of July, Labor Day, and Halloween are the uh, times that you should fertilize. And uh, Memorial Day being your spring uh, fertilization would be the one with the crabgrass control. Okay. All right. Okie doke. Thank you very much. You're quite welcome, Jerry. Yep. Have a great day. Yep. Bye-bye. Yep. And let's see, do we have any texts over here? Hmm, looks like we have one, I think. Uh, no, that was from last week. Okay, so let's go back over here to the show. Well, yeah, it's time to take a break here anyhow. But if you've got a question about anything green or growing, it does not have to be about the subject of moles and grubs. Um, it could be about your house plants, lawn, garden, trees, shrubs, vegetables, flowers, you know, whatever. Give me a buzz, shoot me a text. The number down here at Wisdom is 608-785-7914, and we will be right back. Okay, uh, today in between phone calls, uh, which can be about anything, uh, trees, lawns, garden, trees, and shrubs, maybe you're thinking about popping in a garden the first time and not sure what to do or when you should start. Or uh, you know, maybe uh, you're going to be doing some planting and uh, some planters or got a question about tomatoes or what, whatever. Go ahead and give me a call. Shoot me a text. The number down here at Wisdom is 608-785-7914. And uh, today in between calls, we're talking about moles and grubs and how to get rid of both because they are intertwined. Now, as I was saying... Turf grasses are the main source of food for most of these grubs. Uh, they don't eat the lawn itself, but they do eat the roots. And since these roots are nice and soft, they begin to munch away and gorge themselves. And in doing so, they cut the roots to the lawn, and uh, you, know, the, you can reach down, you can grab a hold of it and lift it up like a carpet because it has no root system left anymore. Take away the roots and the plant dies. And an infestation of grubs can actually kill off an entire lawn. I've seen it happen many times. Uh, like I said, back east it was a lot worse than out here, but they're getting to that point out here as well. So, uh, you know, thinking about using uh, some type of uh, grub uh, preventer is not a bad idea. But, okay, maybe he's listened to the show, and he heard that, and he'll give you a call back right now. But like I said, in between uh, phone calls today, we are talking about uh, grubs and moles. Now, when the grubs are up uh, right at right below the uh, surface of the lawn, this is a chance that Mother Nature has uh, to kill off a good percentage of the population. Many animals look at grubs, you know, aside from the moles, of course, uh, as a good source of protein. Heck, I remember in survival training that they taught us that grubs are one of the highest. They're just loaded with protein. So it's uh, you know, no surprise that the animals uh, search them out as well. 
And they're a favorite uh, in this area to skunks and raccoons. Uh, there's other critters out there that will, uh, you know, definitely take advantage of them being there. But skunks and raccoons do something that other animals don't. They rototill the lawn looking for them. And when I say rototill, I mean rototill. I've seen a lawn go from being browning grass because of the grubs down there to literal soil overnight. And not just small areas. Uh, you get a family of coons come in or a family of skunks, they can tear up a large, large area of lawn. And uh, you, know, you wake up, you look outside with your morning coffee, and you're like, what in the heck happened? And, yeah, that was the raccoons or skunks going after grubs. Uh, they do nightly raids. They're nice and quiet out there, and uh, you'll never know that they're out there until you look out the window the next morning. And the birds also don't think about the mess they're going to make either when they're searching out grubs for food. Uh, they won't rototill it, but what they'll leave are hundreds of holes in your lawn. And they sniff out the grubs, and they peck down with their beaks and uh, move their beaks around until they find the grub, then they pull it up and eat it. And uh, this makes a bunch of little dime-sized holes out in your lawn as well. So, yeah, they can do some serious uh, damage. And once the cooler weather arrives, the grubs are going to burrow down to about three to four feet deep into the soil. And usually they go below the frost layer, and that's where they go into a dormant stage until winter is over. And <coughs> once in a great while, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> Mother Nature sends us a strange oddity during the winter. A very cold winter with very little snow. Without that snow, the temps can actually freeze the ground. The snow acts as an insulation blanket, and it keeps the frost from going very deep. But if we don't have snow and temps get really cold, and this happened a few years ago here, uh, you know, the water uh, lines were freezing seven, eight feet below the ground, uh, which is unheard of. And uh, the following year, there were very, very few uh, instances of, uh, you know, grubs or Japanese beetles. And that's because the winter killed them all off, and they had to move in again from, you know, warmer areas. But we'll get back to talking about that in a little bit. We're going to take a break here and take care of a little bit of news, a little bit of business, but we'll be right back. It won't be long. If you've got a question about anything green or growing, please don't wait to the end of the show. Uh, go ahead and feel free to interrupt. The number down here at Wisdom is 608-785-7914, and we'll be right back. And we are back. And today in between phone calls, we're talking about moles and grubs and grubs and moles because uh, their lives are very, very intertwined. Um, people are always asking me how to get rid of uh, moles, and since the grub is their favorite food source, by getting rid of grubs, you stand a really good chance of getting rid of the moles. And uh, so that's where I like to uh, gear my major efforts. I'd say it works about 85% of the time. And uh, we're just talking about how, you know, they're going to dig deep uh, – during the uh, winter, and the survivors from the winter uh, make their next appearance about mid to late spring. 
they slowly start coming up for another feeding. And, but this time, they're not eating to uh, build up reserves for that long winter nap they're about to take. But they're gobbling up all necessary uh, nutrients they need to make the change into adults. And this feeding period usually lasts about two to three weeks. And it's weird the way it usually happens across the board. They come up all at the same time, and they disappear all at the same time. But uh, when they stop eating, they begin to morph into their adult stage of beetle. And once this done, you know, it replays each season, you know, a beetle uh, munching on your plants, making other baby beetles, uh, which are grubs, and, you know, it, it just keeps repeating like Groundhog Day. And uh, when the grubs are active, and after a few days' time, sometimes overnight your lawn can look really dry, but... It, go out there and water it, and nothing happens. If that's the case, you need to go out, grab a hold of grass, and pick it up. Uh, pull up on the uh, the uh, you know grass blades themselves. And if it lifts right up, like I said, like a carpet would, uh, then you've got grubs. And that's when you can start looking for those little white critters down there. And and once damage is done, it's done. I know your lawn might come up looking like new sod, but new sod, the roots aren't cut off as badly as they are, you know, with uh, grubs. Sod will uh, live. Grub-damaged turf will not. It will die. So the sooner you find out that you have these uh, critters, the better. And if you do find out that you have them, you're not going to want to rush out to the store and buy products like uh, Grubex or Merit. Those products are, uh, they're on the shelves at that point, uh, and they're sold right alongside the Grub Preventer. Uh, uh, or actually, they are Grub Preventers. They're sold right alongside the Grub Control, which makes things very, very uh, difficult if you don't know what you're looking for. Uh, look for products that have uh, either 7, S-E-V-I-N, or Carbaryl, C-A-R-B-A-R-A-Y-L. It doesn't get you in the ballpark. <coughs> As the active ingredients. And these are contact insecticides that will... Uh, that you've got to water it into your lawn, and uh, that will kill the grubs on contact with them. Now, the Grubex or Merit, both are excellent products. There's no doubt about it, but they're not preventatives. The, or they're, they're preventatives. They're not control. Now, the good things about Grubex and Merit, both of which use the same active ingredient, imidacloprid, uh, one application lasts the entire season. So if you put it down, uh, say, now, <coughs> you're protected until next year at the same time when you can do another application. And actually, it might even be a little bit too soon to put it down. You don't want to put the Grubex or Merit down until a lawn is actively growing and you're actually cutting it. 
Now, the other thing about uh, Grub X and Merit, or, you know, putting down uh, seven, for that matter, uh, is you're going to have to water the application in. In the case of Grub X or Merit, or I'm at a Clovered, uh, that goes down to the soil and comes back up through the roots of the plant. It takes one to two weeks for that to uh, happen. And it's going to need the water in order to do that. And the plant actually becomes inedible to the insect. Uh, that's why I like using those particular uh, products, uh, because you have a lot less uh, collateral damage uh, to, you know, the good insect. You can put down uh, Grub-X out in the lawn, and it will not affect ants whatsoever, which are beneficial to your lawn. A lot of people like to get rid of their ants, and if you did, you're, you wind up killing your lawn because they keep uh, the soil aerated. And uh, they break down a lot of organic matter. They help break it down. And uh, they're actually very beneficial critters to have around. But uh, by using Grubex or Merit, there will be no collateral damage. Uh, like I said, the critters that are going to be affected will have to eat the grass plant. Otherwise, they can swim in the stuff, and it's not going to bother them. As opposed to uh, seven uh, which, if it comes in contact with any insect, uh, you know, bye-bye. It's been nice to know you. But, uh, yeah, that's something that you're going to use when they're actually out there damaging your lawn. And, of course, always read the labels, please, no matter what the product is. Uh, read the label prior to using it and go with the recommended amounts and settings and stuff like that. Uh, don't go too heavy, don't go too light. Uh, these amounts are uh, set for the best uh, use of that particular product. Now, it may, the formulation, say, between Grubex and Merit, even though it's the same active ingredient, uh, you might put one down a little bit heavier than the other. Uh, that is because they're on different carriers and there's different percentage of active ingredients. Uh, so always read the particular label for whatever you're using and go by those directions explicitly. Okay, we got another caller coming in, so let's jump back to those phone lines. Good morning. You're on the plane, Dr. Phil. Who's this? Can you turn your radio down, please? Yep, sorry about that. No problem. Uh, give me just a second here. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. Um, quick question for you. I am trying to uh, get a um, like a weed feed or a weed control and get some grass seed down. And I know if I put the like crabgrass preventer, that's like about eight weeks. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not sure what I should do first. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this: Do you have bare lawn or just thin lawn? I'm sorry. What was that? Is uh, the area that you're trying to seed, is it bare or thin? Uh, we'll go with uh, thin. Thin, okay. So you do have existing grass out there. Okay, yep. uh, that makes all the difference in the world. If that's the case, I would not put down any seed in the springtime. Uh, in okay. order to properly seed the lawn, you have to uh, work the soil a little bit and get it uh, loosened up so the seed's actually underneath the soil. Now, if you do that in the springtime, I don't care how beautiful your lawn comes in, your grass seed uh, sprouts and uh, whatnot, 
come uh, the hot days of summer, that's going to turn right into crabgrass. It's a virtual guarantee. It happens every time. You disturb the soil in the spring, you have crabgrass in that spot come summer because the seeds get uh, worked up and they come up to the surface. So, and the seeds are here to stay. There's no way to get rid of them. So, the best way to deal with this is to put down a uh, fertilizer. Uh, go ahead and use your uh, crabgrass preventer. And uh, your fer- get on a normal fertilization uh, schedule, like I said uh, earlier. Do it on the holidays. Uh, plan on Memorial Day, the 4th of July, Labor Day, and Halloween for your okay. uh, applications. And that fertilizer itself will help thicken up the existing lawn. Now, come uh, about mid-August, look out at your lawn, reevaluate it. Uh, if you still have some thin areas that you want to thicken up, at that point, go ahead and uh, do your seeding. Uh, that way there, the crabgrass plants will not germinate anymore, and the se- any seeds that are brought to the surface will die over the winter. Okay. Okie doke. All right. Thank you so much. You're quite welcome. You have a great day now. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. And, yeah, uh, that's the standard rule of thumb for uh, everybody likes throwing down grass seed in the springtime, and I could never understand why. Uh, you know, granted, you do have a lot of uh, damaged areas, uh, you know, maybe, you know, scalped from snow plows or, you know, the snow melts away and you're left with a bunch of dog spots and stuff like that, which is another different story totally. Uh, then you've got to dig them out. But there's a way of doing that so you can uh, limit the amount of crabgrass you're going to get too. But, uh, yeah, the, very common question, and a lot of people automatically go to seeding in the spring, and it's not the best time in the world to do it. So, okay, back to talking about the, you know, the uh, moles and such, and let's see, we covered uh, killing the grubs, uh, talking about what's on the label, uh, make sure that it gets watered in, no matter if it's a preventative or a curative application. Uh, because it needs to either get down and get activated in the soil to come up to the plant, or it needs to get down to the level where the grubs are. Sitting on the surface isn't going to do diddly squat to it. Now, grubs have this, or not grubs, but Japanese beetles, uh, most beetles for that matter, have like this homing instinct. And they tend to come back to the same area where they were uh, originally born from. And what they tend to target if they don't, uh, are large, flat, green areas, ponds. <laughs> and uh, that's uh, primarily because they know that their uh, offspring will have, you know, plenty to eat there. And so if you have an issue in one area one year, you can pretty much bet that you're going to have it there year after year after year. Now, you can get your own uh, grub preventer and take care of this yourself or uh, grub control, uh, or you can hire onto uh, one of the lawn care companies in the area to put it down. If you're uh, hiring onto a lawn care company, and this is where having a little bit of knowledge dealing with the lawn care companies comes in handy. Like I said, uh, it has the grass has to be actively growing for the preventers to work. 
if you put it down now it, and your lawn isn't actively growing yet, and when I mean active, I mean you've cut it once or twice. Uh, you know, it's growing, growing. Uh, if it's not doing that and taking up the nutrients, the uh, product's just going to wash right on through the soil, break down, and be gone by the time the uh, plants are going to absorb it. And it's going to be a waste of time, a waste of sweat, and a waste of money on your part. So wait till it's actively growing, then go ahead and do it. And uh, make sure if you have a lawn care company that they don't snow job you, and I know many of the companies do. Uh, oh, yeah, this will work if I put it down now. No, it's not. Uh, wait until the lawn's actively growing. It's your money. You can tell them how to use it. So, uh, okay, uh, we got that part there done with. Uh, now, back to the star of our show, the moles. Now, the moles will appear, uh, sometimes they'll appear in areas that do not have grubs. Uh, like I said, this works about 85% of the time. Uh, there are areas where it will not work at, but those are the exception. Those areas are in, uh, say, like a uh, suburban setting where you have a lot of lawns uh, that are butted up against each other, and you've got a bunch of people out there putting down grub uh, preventer. So there are no grubs out there. Well, guess what? The moles are still going to hang around, and they're just going to find a favorite food source. But if there are grubs in the area, if there are grubs, the moles will go off and search for them. And that's where they will wind up, and that's usually where they stay. And that's why I always go that route before uh, trying anything else to get rid of the uh, moles. Okay, we got another caller. Two open lines, 608-785-7914 is the number. Good morning. You're on the Plant Doctor Show. Who's this? This is Faye. Hey, Faye. How are you? Good. Um, I have a question, and you may have answered this, but I think I missed it. Okay. Is this a good time to fertilize? Uh, are you just uh, throwing fertilizer, or are you going to be putting down uh, crabgrass preventer? Um, both. Both. Okay. So a combination product. Uh, I would wait. Uh, the best times, and this is a good rule of thumb for this area, is for the homeowners, is go by the holidays. Memorial okay. Day, 4th of July, Labor Day, and Halloween. Okay, what if we just put um, the weed and feed down now? Would that be all right? Uh, I would think it would be pretty useless, to be honest with you. Uh, the fertilizer you okay. can get away with, that, that's going to have a good effect on the lawn. <coughs> the weed part of it, there's not that many weeds active yet. You know, you've got okay. some clover popped up, uh, maybe a few dandelions here and there. But uh, for the most part, weeds haven't even really got cranked up yet. And okay. That's, the weed and feed is not a preventer. And the other thing is I would never use a granular weed and feed product. Uh, if you really read the label, and I mean get down and read the fine print on the label, it will tell you that you should not use the stuff if there is rain in the forecast for two to three days. But okay. it has to be put down after the lawn is wet. Oh. Okay, so 
trying to find those exact conditions because uh, that dry stuff takes a long time for it to work. That's why it can't rain for two to three days because it's going to wash it off the plant uh, before it has a chance to soak down and, uh, into the plant and, you know, do any damage. So okay. good luck at finding that this time of year in uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. So any weed killer really isn't the right, right time, but what about just plain fertilizer? Just plain fertilizer will work fine now. And okay. And you'll do a good job with that. Uh, now, if you do have existing weeds, I would recommend using a liquid weed killer and going around spot spraying them. Yeah, like yeah, weed, we have done that, yeah. Weed Be Gone is a, a common one. I mean, there's all sorts of different ones out there for using on your uh, lawn. Roundup even has one for uh, putting on the lawn. Don't be uh, mistaken, it is not Roundup that you're putting down, the classic Roundup. This is a specific okay. formula for use on lawns, and make sure if you get that brand that it's for use on lawns. Okay. They're sold butted up against each to each other. Yeah. Stores. Well, this has been very helpful. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm glad I could help you, Faye. You have a great yeah. time. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. And that's going to take us to our next break. And uh, this one here, we're going to take care of a little bit of business, a little bit of weather. And we'll be right back here at 1410 WIZM in just a minute. Ah, uh, okay, uh, we're talking about uh, getting rid of moles and grubs in your lawns today. We don't really have much time left for any phone calls, but I'll tell you what, uh, since I couldn't get to everything, man, it's rare that I will do this, uh, I have the Plant Doctor of Lacrosse Facebook page, and if you look up Plant Doctor on Facebook, there's quite a few different plant doctors, but there's only one Plant Doctor of Lacrosse. That's me. So uh, go ahead and look that up, uh, join it, friend it, however you're supposed to do it. I don't know what the correct terminology is, but like it, friend it, join, whatever. And there you can ask me questions and stuff like that, uh, you know, throughout the week. And it's a great way of getting a hold of me in case anything ever uh, messes up. I do not check it every minute of, you know, every day during the week, but I do check it multiple times a day. And if you have a question about anything uh, going uh, then, I can, you know, take care of it for you. But every once in a while, if it's something important, I'll go ahead and take the uh, notes and everything that I have for the show uh, for that day, and I will put it out on the Facebook page. So, you know, you can go buy uh, that information and, you know, get to it that way. But also you can always go to www.1410wicm.com and uh, check out the podcasts. 